Welcome to the Roaring Repeater podcast here at 7220sports.com. Cody Tucker here, joined as always by Jared Newland in studio, our new look studio in downtown <laughs> Cheyenne, Wyoming. If uh, you hear an echo, um, this place looks like a like a army bunker or something. There's just exposed walls and exposed ceilings, and this is the only place that made it through the uh, the mayhem is this studio. Except for there is concrete floors, so that's going to even add to the echoing more. <laughs> but the light shows that it works because it says we're on the air. I guess. I hope so. <laughs> Are, uh, have you even been in here? This is my first uh, time in times. here in yeah. forever. It's crazy. Yeah, so we went through the abatement process, and then um, now they're going through some electrical stuff, and then they'll start doing some reconstruction of walls and things like that here soon. Nice. Do you think uh, our request for a keg and, and – and couches and TV and stuff will be across the hall. It's all through trade, so yes, we're getting it. <laughs> <laughs> done deal. <laughs> Coors only, only. Brittany, yes. if you're listening, yes. we're coming to you. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> well, we obviously haven't been on in a very long time. A lot of that to do with this uh, construction here. So, uh, you know, plus we had the holidays, and you know, everybody's got to be sick here and there. I uh, I just got over some gnarly stuff myself. So. Well, it's kind of weird. The whole COVID thing's coming around again. I mean, the governor of Wyoming has it. I He's out that. for a while. Oh. Northwestern basketball. They've had to cancel two games this week. That's what I saw. To it. Iowa yeah. and whoever they're playing tomorrow. And that was kind of the fear with uh, Hunter Maldonado at first was thinking, uh, you know, he was having trouble breathing when he left the game last week. And you're thinking, uh, uh-oh. Uh, and also, I don't know the rule. And obviously, and might as well tell you now, my computer's not working in front of me. But I think there's a rule you have to have, what, at least six scholarship players to be able to play a basketball Boy, game? Boy, I don't even know what that. Because we saw that happen a lot during COVID, and obviously, like you said, with Northwestern, we're seeing that. And I kind of wondered if that might be a an issue here uh, with Wyoming, as far not COVID wise, but injury wise. Well, what's weird about it is that we all know COVID still exists, but at the same time, nobody is testing for it anymore, as far as requirements yeah. for the NCAA or schools and stuff like that. But if you're sick, of course, that's when they test for it. But there's no requirements in the NFL, NBA, NHL, anything anymore. Yeah, that's true. They call it, they call it something else. They don't call it out for COVID anymore. <laughs> so, uh, can you believe we went through that? <laughs> oh, and now, wait till the sudden, movies come out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I can, we can be like, we lived through and that. We relive it. <laughs> So, yeah, we haven't been on in a long time. Uh, I believe the last time, hell, I don't even know if we came on after Fresno. That was such a depression I think filled. it was before you went to a bowl game. Yeah. The bowl game, we did something. But. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, I think we did talk about Ohio. I mean, but it's been a long time. So, obviously, the Cowboys fell to Ohio in, in Arizona. Um, really good start. Like, that start to that bowl game was like, wow. Um this what, offense looks creative. What could have been? <laughs> what could have been? Uh, look how creative this offense is. They're getting it to, I want to say, Peasley completed it to six, seven different pass catchers throughout those first two drives. They're running it. They're they're owning the line of scrimmage. There's quick passes. I want to say Peasley started the game six to seven. Like I said, my computer's not working, but uh, it looked really good, and Wyoming had 14 points, and if it wasn't for a bonehead uh, targeting penalty, uh, that could have been a 14 nothing lead right off the bat in that game, and then then what happened? It went right back to that same pedestrian, horrendous stuff we've seen. I want to say they racked up 16 total yards in the third quarter, and Peasley was running for his life. 
Yeah, I I don't get it. Um, it was a it was a fun game to watch for the most part, except for that one period. Yeah, <laughs> sixteen yeah. yards. But I mean, you know, it was it was a different experience for uh, viewers as well. Of course, we all know with Barstool, and we've seen the rants and the raves about that. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, but for the most part, that is probably the future of a lot of sporting events, especially when they're not going to be nationally televised. They're going to be broadcasts like that and I don't want to call it unprofessional but they said from the get-go they're just a couple of dudes up there eat one's going to take one root for one one's going to root for the other one and they're not going to be prepared oh man. They, they said that from the get-go so I don't know why people were mad so our our fuddy-duddy fan base in some ways I, I just when I first heard Arizona Bowl I was like oh man like these people are going to these people are going to flip, and I don't care about the bar stool and all that stuff. I don't even pay attention to it, but I knew <laughs> I knew enough to know that basically a lot of people who sit in the West Stands were not going to be thrilled with that viewing experience, <laughs> and then I read it after the game. Well, you know, if you figured out the technology to watch it, it's the same technology as watching the Mountain West Network or Poke Vision. And those are great because you don't have to sign in. Exactly. All that kind of stuff. It's, it's the same deal. And you can still sync up the streaming, um, you know, broadcasts, even though Arizona Bowl was different. I will give them that, that us as affiliates were not allowed to stream it uh, due to the bowl agreements, which that's fine. But yeah. um, but you can you can sync up the radio broadcast with most of the television broadcasts. Right. And I know a lot of people do do that. Um, you know, I've seen people given uh, name slip in my mind, former Wyoming basketball, uh, Inzi, who, who calls some of the home games for Wyoming basketball uh, on the Mountain West Network. And people are like, man, that guy's an unbelievable homer. It's like, yeah, um, everybody. <laughs> yeah, and Steve Gosar does some as yeah, well. Yeah. And, and it's the same as the Air Force broadcast the other day that right. was on Altitude Channel. Those guys are paid by Air Force, Air Force to exactly. So yeah. I don't know why you're complaining about it. Just because it's on a television, <laughs> Altitude has carried many of Wyoming home games as well, which have the Wyoming broadcasters. Yeah. So turn it off if you don't like it. <laughs> Can you tell we're at the end of our ropes with uh, listening to complaints? It's like get off my lawn at the moment. But <laughs> oh well, let's move on. So you know, I guess Jared, just quite simply. Um, the Arizona Bowl, we, we saw some really good. We saw some really normal. <laughs> um, that was a chance, in my opinion. Ohio was the 130th ranked passing defense in the country. They sure didn't look like it against Wyoming's passing offense, did they? <laughs> yeah, it it's unexplainable how we look at these stats before a game. That's why they play the game, of course. But you look at these stats, and it shows that somebody's ranked here, somebody's ranked here. But yet, Wyoming cannot do anything against those certain defenses when they run up against them. Yeah. I, 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 can't, I don't get it, especially after looking so good on those first two drives. And I guess that shows you that they're not being innovative. They're not changing their game plan. And they're not willing to do anything new. They're going to stick to what they know, and that's a gap. Found it. A gap. Yep. You know what my thoughts were immediately was they scripted these first 20 plays, and they scripted them beautifully. Go back to them. But then after that, it was like, oh, let's just go back to the well. You know what? One through 20, 
Let's rerun it. Rerun them to the other side. Until they can't stop you. Yes. I, I, I can't believe Wyoming lost that game. I, I truly cannot believe it. They were that dominant on those first two drives. And I actually heard Tony Dungy on a, on a national broadcast the other day talking about is it even feasible to make adjustments at halftime? And he said, not really. Because in the NFL, you have 12 minutes for halftime. By the time you get in the locker room, there's probably about 10 minutes left, yeah. maybe nine. Some players change uniforms completely because they're soaked through. They'll put fresh stuff on. So he said, by the time you have um, everybody's attention, you only have a minute or two. To me, though, it's the coaches that need to make the adjustment because the players know the plays. True. And they've run them over and over again. So go, hey, guys. Like What I would have loved to see is at halftime go, hey, guys, those first two drives worked masterfully. We're going to run those again. Or remember what we did against Tulsa? Let's let's go back to that. We Those couple of plays that really worked against Tulsa. Or, hey, it's a bowl game. How about all the plays that worked during the year? Or how about something completely new? It Alex was, Brown, go 50 deep. I'm going to throw it up in the air. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I just I, – that was my big question heading into the bowl for Andrew Peasley and for Craig Bowl was, this is your chance, right, to have some really good feelings about this passing offense going into the offseason. Um, that didn't happen. I And that's my next big broad umbrella question for you, Jared, is just your overall thoughts on the 2020 Cowboy football season. And there are a lot of good things. There are 2020 of, or 2022? 2022. <laughs> Not 2020. Sorry. That was a huge miss. Yeah, no. Uh, 2022 season and just lots of good stuff. But to me, everything's overshadowed because of how bad this offense is. And is it going to change? Well, seven and six I think we would all take that. Hell yes. From where Wyoming was predicted to finish, you know, towards the bottom of their division. Nobody gave them a chance to go to a bowl game at the beginning of the season. Nobody ever would have thought they would be 3-1 and one at the beginning well, of the season. Especially after how they played at Iowa or, or at Illinois. Illinois. Yeah. 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 So I, I really think that it was a pleasant surprise, and especially having the third youngest team in yep. uh, FCS. Uh or FBS, FBS, excuse yeah. me. Um, We're rusty. Yeah, <laughs> we are. <laughs> rusty. I, say, um, I say Iowa, you say FCS. But for the most part, I I was pleasantly surprised with the Cowboys. And But you get your hopes up when they they start playing so good. It's like, can this team really win nine games? Yeah. Well, there for a while, they could have and probably should have. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, it's so hard to believe that they had Boise State on the ropes completing three passes. Yep. And just take Fresno out because win or lose the Boise game, Fresno probably was going to beat Wyoming. Yeah. And it may have been closer than it was if they beat Boise, but we all know what happened at Fresno. So just take that out of the equation because Fresno wasn't going to let their guard down. Well, and if we're in that same spot at that time next year, there's no divisions. So yeah. if Wyoming beats Boise State, they're going to play Fresno State back-to-back anyway. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I think it was a pleasant surprise, especially after the egg they laid in Champagne. Um, the offense was so bad that day, as you well know, and as the fans well know. Uh, I believe Andrew was 5 of 20 for 40 yards and a pick, uh, and you're thinking, oh, my God, this was not rectified at all. Uh, and it was made even worse because Craig didn't even name the starting quarterback and acting like it was some big secret. And then it comes out and it's that. It was uh, that was eye opening. And 
if you remember, he got a lot of guff on social media. Andrew Peasley got rid of his Twitter. Uh, Craig Bull got up behind the podium and squirted some tears defending his quarterback after game number one. Uh, I've never seen Craig Bull cry in my life, and there was a lot of tears this year. I could tell how much this meant to these guys, and I could tell that they loved each other and they played for each other. You hear all the time, oh, our locker room's tight. We're tighter than ever. Uh, A lot of times that's lip service. And this year, I felt like that was not lip service, and I think we're seeing that in the transfer portal. I mean, you look at the bare number, and it says nine, nine guys, and then if ten, if you want to include, you know, Titus Swin, um, they made out like a bandit in the transfer portal this year. And Wyoming fans, you may think that that is a lot. It's actually one of the lower one yeah. counts out there, especially in the Mountain West. Yeah, I mean, think about CSU; they're in the twenties. Right, Air Force. Yeah, is high. Yeah, and they—you wouldn't think that they would be, uh, but there are a lot of teams out there that have at least twice as many as Wyoming. Absolutely, I think Wyoming did a bang up job, especially after last year getting sucker punched right at the you know at the end of the bowl game and losing fifteen guys and fifteen impact impact guys. Yeah. This year, you look at that list. If you're just a casual Wyoming fan, you couldn't tell me four or five guys on that list. So, and I actually had a fan today on me about, you're making this a mountain out of a molehill by writing these stories about a guy entering the transfer portal. They just lost uh, Mikhail Genesia, uh, or, or Janice. Yeah, exactly. I don't even know his name. I don't even know how to pronounce his name. But he, he didn't play this year. But he was a big offensive line recruit last year in the recruiting class. And he was one of the last guys to sign on early signing day for whatever your name was. Um, yeah, you know, he entered the transfer portal. I'm not trying to sensationalize it. It was an offensive lineman who entered the transfer portal. And if you're a real fan, you're reading that stuff and you're going, oh, you know what? They lost a guy, but I don't know that guy's name. He didn't play. So no big deal. I think the Cowboys did a fantastic job. To me, if I'm going to nitpick, losing Olawasi Emoto show to me was the biggest loss for this team. And I would agree with that. But once again, in all, everything you look at, He's a backup. Yeah, yeah. If everybody and was healthy, he he would not have seen the field as much as much this year as yeah. he would have. But adds to the depth. Yes, I get that. Yeah. But still, he is a backup. Yeah. He was a backup. No doubt. And um, <clears throat> Sebastian Harsh. That's a, that's another reason this team was so impressive this year. He was the undeniable MVP of the offseason. I have never heard Craig Bull or other coaches or players rave about a guy like they did Sebastian Harsh. And then he hurts his knee right before the season, and he doesn't play the entire season. Uh, also at the defensive end spot, uh, Keelan Cox, the Alabama transfer, he ended up having a hip injury. He never played this year. Um, the Cowboys came into the season with exactly zero sacks out of the defensive end spot. They finished with 22. Now you know who Braden Siders is. He's a stud. Understand, undersized, yes. fast, motor, quick defensive end who's just going to grow into his body yep. and be faster and bigger and stronger yep and 23 and once i write this story which i hope nobody blows it for me but once i write this story on his backstory next year um this guy he's a you're gonna love this guy he has been through the ringer to get where he is today and uh you watch the you watch the bowl game on the stream mm-hmm. he was hitting like a ton of bricks and from what i understand the barstool guys were loving every minute oh yeah of it. they they kept talking about him and saying <laughs> this guy again yeah and he was hitting people <laughs> yep yeah and and devon harris quietly just racks up eight and a half sacks speed goggles yep speed goggles he's sweet too so you know olu six and a half sacks three of those came against unc um 
he was a really good player. He, he could have been a really good guy, and the coaches loved him, and they raved about him. Um, so he was, to me, the biggest loss. Um, you can look at it and say Cam Stone. Um, that was the weak link of this defense, was the cornerback spot. And I'm not just dumping on Cam Stone. It was the weak link, period, all the way around. And it wasn't just coverage. as They did get better throughout the year, yeah, but tackling. missed tackling. Yeah, tackling. That was a big problem for Stone this year, and he's even mentioned it on Twitter himself, that he needs to get better at tackling. And actually, I think it was the biggest disappointment of the defense. Yeah. Because they did tackling. play better than everybody expected. Yeah. Did. But at the same time, they missed a lot of tackles. Yeah, and I just wrote about it this week, and I don't <clears throat> want to dump on Shea Suyanoa. He was in position to make plays. He was there. He just didn't finish the play. Oh. Uh, he had a tackle against Ohio where he didn't even put his arms out. He just kind of chest bumped the guy in the backfield, and, and he did go down, but some guys aren't going to go down. So um, speaking of that, it started a series just kind of breaking down a little bit of the football season, more of some quick hitter stuff on breaking down and giving a grade to every position group on 7220sports.com. Um, I have actually talked to Jay Savell. I talked to him at the end of the year when we were allowed to talk to him. And I asked him about these grades and asked him what he thought, and, and we were pretty much aligned on every single one of them. And so writing that as we speak, breaking down the defense, and I tell you what, Jared, um, I'm really excited about this defense. Yeah, I agree with you, and it's been a great series to read so far because you you kind of forget. I mean, you, you move on yeah. a little bit, and now you're bringing it back a little bit. Some yeah. good, some bad, of course, but but it's really getting you ready for spring football, Yeah, which, of course, with what's going on with Cowboy basketball right now, Wyoming fans need something to talk about, <laughs> need something to, you know, to meet up at the bar and have a drink with, talk about, or morning yeah. coffee, whatever it is. Yeah. Or just to, to complain to one yeah, another. <laughs> yeah, definitely plenty of that. Uh, but, yeah, go to 7220sports.com and check out Cody's new series. It's been great so far. Yeah, the defense, man, is going to be, you know, the best part is I'm writing. I wrote about the defensive tackles, and I wrote about the linebackers uh, most recently. And when you get to the part of departures in a – not applicable for yep. both of those positions. And I tell you what, man, those two defensive tackles, when healthy – are probably the best in the West. Yeah, and I've heard some other people saying they might be the best in the country. Yeah, they really and, might be. I mean, it, the, a tandem like that in the middle that sheds blockers and makes plays. And those guys even get to the quarterback. I want to say Bertinoli had four and a half sacks. I want to say Goodbo had two and a half, but that was in very limited action. Um, it gets you excited because we talked about it off the air about the Cowboys' schedule next year, and we'll get into that, but... It makes you feel pretty damn good about going into Falcon Stadium, doesn't it? Yes. When you have those two so. cats. And, it, you know, you look at the game plan that they held into 173 yards rushing yeah. in 22, excuse me. That's going to be in the back of Air Force's minds. Yeah. <clears throat> because they're going to like, they stuffed us last year. They sure did. They sure did. And I don't have it pulled up. Is Brad Roberts gone? Yes. There's, okay. Yep. Thank goodness. <laughs> yep, he's I mean, gone. He's trying to get a waiver to get into the NFL as we speak. Oh, that's right. Yes, yeah. yep. And yeah. that most likely he will get it. Yeah, I hope he does. Yep. I hope he does. He was a hell of a back. I mean, we wouldn't wish him gone if he wasn't. Yep. <laughs> but, and the quarterback transferred. Yes, so. which is crazy. Um, yeah, but, you know, Air Force kind of plug and play. We'll have your, your, your new villains will be showing up here any day now. But uh, 
I'm really excited about this defense. I think, uh, you know, obviously, uh, just wrote about it yesterday. Uh, Easton Gibbs is really just, you know, who would have known he slid over from the outside to the middle and who, whoever gives that kid credit for the guys he's filling the shoes for. Um, he's done an unbelievable job. Yep. You know, 121 tackles, 22nd in the country, third in the Mountain West when that kid's healthy and then of course his heroic effort against air force to come back from the miserable night he had the night before that's how sick i was last week and i sure as hell wouldn't have been playing in a football game mm-hmm. i was thinking i might need to find some adult diapers at walgreens i can't imagine <laughs> trying to play a football game <laughs> so uh easton gibbs has really solidified himself and uh you know we haven't got to it yet but really like the young safeties i know jay savell feels the same way he really likes isaac white wyatt eckler took a huge step this year uh, and I know that Savell was not happy with the safety play last year, and he really kind of wishes he would have let Wyatt Eckler take some lumps in 2021 and just gone with it. Well, and you got to re- remember the transfer safety. Yeah, T.J. Urban. Hurt right at the beginning of the year, too, that didn't play this year. Yep, so. T.J. Urban could be a guy. Uh, Buck Coors got hurt right off the bat, and I tell you what, this coaching staff loves Buck Coors. They liked Keontae Glinton a lot, but Glinton just couldn't stay on the field. And now he's in the portal and, and – uh, if you can't stay on the field, I mean, sorry. And Rook Brown played very well oh, towards the end of the year. Uh, I Just, think he dropped a couple of picks. Yeah, but you know what? He was there. And he, he made plays. And he had the pick six erased from Hawaii. Yep. Yeah. No, Rook. I know I've said it on this show before, but it's worth repeating. I mean, he came out to interview after his great game he had against New Mexico, and that was his first start. And and uh, he was. He admitted, I was terrified. I was thinking, Oh my God, am I ready for this? Uh, but what was funny is when he came up to do the interview, we were like. Uh, who's this guy? He looks like a staff member, like a trainer. <laughs> it looks like John Hoyland would whip his ass in a back alley in a heartbeat. He's little. My money's on Rook. Yeah, my money's on Rook, too. <laughs> Red shoe or not. <laughs> but he is not a big human being, but he plays like it. Yep. And uh, so they're really excited about him. They love Buck Coors, though. They're really excited about him. He was a raw guy who was a, uh, a walk-on, um, obviously the best name in the Mountain West, probably the country. Um they really pumped for him, but he broke his kneecap, I want to say, on the or something like that. Broke his knee, I believe, or uh, I can't remember. I probably shouldn't even be saying irresponsible things like that. But uh, hurt himself for the year. Too many cores. Yep, yeah, too many cores, Buck. Uh, but, yeah, they were really bummed about him uh, missing the year. But he came back, and he it was funny. He told Bull, you know, I'm going to be back by this day. I'm going to be back by this day. And Bull's like, dude, just worry about getting healthy. And he was back, and he yep. played uh, special teams. And uh, you want that kind of guy on your team, so – once again, the question for me going into this, Jared, on the defensive side of the ball is at the cornerback spot. They just signed Tyreekus Davis, a junior college kid out of Navarro in Texas. He picked Wyoming over CSU, over San Jose State. They really like him. Um, but, you know, it's all about you got to prove it on the field. Ja'Cory Hawkins, I thought, made huge strides late in the year last year. And I thought Deron Harrell made, made really good strides yep. late in the year. So... I, if there's a weak link, it's those guys again, but they just need to prove it. And and they have young guys, and you have to feel for Colby Taylor. That was a really stupid penalty he committed in the in the Arizona Bowl with the targeting. But he's a young kid who's finally – he's a freshman too, and he's getting his chance. And, uh, you know, I know nobody's more pissed off about that than he is, but he's another guy who they really like, obviously, and he had to play. And obviously without Cam Stone, they kind of forced his hand, but it was his opportunity. And knock on wood that – I mean, this is usually not only transfer portal season for the players, but there's usually a lot of shuffling going on with coaching staffs around the country right now. Yep. Wyoming, 
and it's been Wyoming's past that they usually use lose a couple of guys and think about what four offensive line coaches in four years yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they're solidified as of right now. Yeah, no, that's so. a great point. You know, obviously you saw Mike Gundy flip out when reporters asked him if there was going to be any movement on the uh, coaching staff. And Michigan just fired their co-offensive coordinator today yeah. due to some possible allegations. But Sure, even though Jim Harbaugh is the one taking guys out for <laughs> cheeseburgers, right? He denied it, though. <laughs> even though there's a receipt, he keeps denying it. Uh, no, yeah, you're right. That's a great point. The uh, No movement so far um, on the coaching staff. And this coaching staff is – you know, I know people out there have their thoughts on certain coaches and certain certain aspects of things, but um, you know, Jay Savell is entrenched and he's a really good defensive coordinator. Oscar Giles walked right in and turned that defensive tackles room. Look at what he did. We knew what Goodbow could do. We knew what Bertinoli could do, but we had to find out what those other cats could do in a hurry when those two went down. Yep. They didn't skip much of a beat. I mean, those first two drives against New Mexico were pretty scary. Other than that, Gavin Meyer stepped up, and he was amazing. Caleb Robinson's a 300-pound load in there, and they played really well. And then Ethan Drews even had to come in, and so did Ben Florentine. Who? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I'd give a shout-out to Marty English, too. He did yeah. a great job with those sure DNs sure did. that nobody had heard of yeah. before the season, too. And losing Sebastian Harsh right off the yep. bat was like, oh, no, how are they ever going to get to a quarterback? And then they didn't get to any, either of the quarterbacks against Illinois, and you're thinking, uh-oh. Yep. <laughs> but where where it hurt though is by the end of the year against Boise State, and I know Taylor Green is a, a special athlete, but they had nine hurries on him and they didn't sack him one time. That's where things have got to change, and that's what Jay Savell said. You know, we we left too many plays out there, and and they did. Other than that, I mean, it was hard not to give that group an A. How the hell can you not give them an A? But yep. I mean, that's why. Well, and and fast forwarding into the two twenty the two thousand twenty three schedule here. First game out, Wyoming hosts Texas Tech. And yep. we all know what that offense does at Texas Tech. Yep. So that defensive line, and the defense as a whole, but that defensive line is going to have to get after yep. whoever the Texas Tech quarterback is. No question. But you have to feel good about that game, though, because of the Cowboys' defense oh, and because absolutely. of who they have coming back. <clears throat> yep. Um, I don't know if I would have felt that great about playing Texas Tech to start this year, whether it was in Laramie or no. on the moon. Um, but this year – or in 2023, I'm feeling pretty, feeling pretty okay about that matchup. Get if, your tortillas out, fans. Yeah, yeah. And start tossing them. I believe <laughs> the last time Wyoming played at Texas Tech. That was, was the Yarborough days. Yeah. And they were tossing tortillas yep. at, the Wyoming, at the Wyoming bench. I want to say Yarborough had a day that day in Lubbock. I'd have to, yeah, we could look that up yeah. once we get closer to the game, of course. Yeah. But I think the Red Raider – the horse and the bandit and everything, mm -hmm. um, that horse slipped on the concrete that game and was injured, I believe. Oh, wow. So, well, I was waiting for you to say they had to put it down and they shot it right there I, in the back of the end zone. They may have. I'm glad knows. you didn't say that. It's kind of like at CFD. I mean, oh, <laughs> oh, that, I, that calf's just fine. Oh, they yeah. take it around the back. <laughs> yeah. I hate that Stun part. gun it. <laughs> Okay, so we have all these good, fuzzy feelings about Wyoming's defense. Now we move to the other side of the ball. Um, Andrew Peasley's going to be the starting quarterback. I mean, barring anything crazy, yep. he is the guy. Craig Bull absolutely loves him. Uh, Tom Bourbon even gave him a special shout-out when we had our interviews for the Arizona Bowl. Um, he's a great leader. He's a great guy. For a good chunk of the year, he had nine touchdowns, three interceptions. He was managing things. He was named the Mountain West Player of the Week, and that went over Tulsa. 
And then the bottom fell out. And he started turning the ball over like crazy. And if you think about it, Jared, if you really think about it, how many pick sixes were dropped oh, that he threw? Yep. It could have been even worse. So I asked Craig Bull and kind of gave him an out, like, hey, was was Peasley more injured than you guys let on? And he said no, he wasn't. He needs to make better decisions. Uh, yes, he does. He needs to make way better decisions. And the thing, I get it because of what quarterbacks have gone through at Wyoming under Craig Bull as far as injuries and running the ball too much. But I really don't like, and now that he's a senior, they need to let it fly. He needs to run the football. He That is a huge part of his game. It's a huge part of his arsenal. We saw him absolutely gut San Jose State right up the middle for a 60-some-yard scamper. We saw him tuck the ball against Illinois. That was some of the only bright spots of that day was him tucking the ball and running. And I, I believe that they probably will turn him loose more as long as those backups are more solidified, yeah. that they they know that they're they feel comfortable with a Jaden Clemens coming yes. in the game, yeah. and whoever, maybe he's not even the backup next year. Who knows? But right. Whoever the two and three guys are. Yeah, yeah, no question. That's that's a big part of it. Um, but it was also funny when Jaden Clemens came in; he had all kinds of run plays drawn up for him. Who the hell's coming in if he goes down? Ooh, yeah, that was that was scary. <laughs> yeah, who's coming in for him? Uh, so. Andrew Peasley, I, I like Andrew Peasley. I like him a lot um, for a lot of reasons, but I lost a lot of confidence late in the year in him, especially when I interviewed him before the Arizona Bowl, and he talked about how Craig opened up practices for the Arizona Bowl by grabbing him and saying, yo, you need to be better, you need to make, you need to make plays, and that didn't happen at all. In, in Arizona, it did not happen. So um, is that his ceiling, like short passes and dumping it and – an extension of the run game. I mean, can he? He has not proven yet that he can go downfield with any kind of consistency. Not with consistency, but those seam passes to the uh, tight, tight ends, ends, yeah, right over the defender's head and fingertips, almost every single time in perfect spots. Why do we not see that play five, six times a game? At least it stretches the field. Yes, and it makes that safety stay home more. Mm-hmm. And then you would think that's the the Y or the X guy are going to be open. You would think play so, action yeah, would be open for since 2017 around here. That's why we're sitting in this studio, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't know it. Yeah, we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> Little League coaches. Uh, no, it needs to be better. Um, that's the most important position in sports, whether it's college or the NFL. It's It's got to be better. And I know his teammates love him to death, and the coaches love him, and he works his ass off. Uh, I really like Andrew Peasley. I just, he has to take another step. Next year is his last year of playing football likely at any level let it fly you have to let it fly and the other thing i would like to see is and let's say anderson let's say the kid the new kid uh from south lake carroll in in texas um he is injured right now but he is on campus so um take him under your wing andrew peasley and you know if we see andrew peasley snap one to snap to the last snap of the season Either things have gone really well or or really not well, in my opinion, because somebody else needs to be taking those snaps at yep. the end of the year. Uh, it, because he's a senior and because Wyoming needs to be thinking of the future here. So um, I like Peasley, but do I have ultimate confidence in him? Will I be voting him first team preseason All-Mountain West? No. I mean, not at all. Yeah. I just The turnovers were really troublesome toward the end of the year so and then the injuries the injuries came he's not a big human being so he got he got roughed up against csu for sure so um 
don't feel unbelievable about the quarterback spot by any stretch. I feel I feel okay. I feel better than I did last year, uh, and maybe the year before that even. Um, but the other thing you got to point at is wide receivers, and the wide receiver play just there's a reason. <laughs> you know, and it's not all on Peasley. There's a reason. Uh, if you think about it, Jared, I believe this offensive line allowed 13 sacks through 13 games. So it certainly wasn't like these quarterbacks were running for their lives. Uh, they had a lot of good protection this year. Um, the wide receivers aren't getting open. Just They have to create some space. Yeah. And whether it be the five-yard button hooks or if it's the stop and goes, yeah. the posts – the, the flags whatever they're running they've got to create some separation yeah and look i love wyatt whelan i love him but you can't have four wyatt whelans on the field he's a great possession type of dude like he could be like a cole beasley type of dude yep but who's going to take the top off of a defense and joshua cobbs disappeared he disappeared more times than not i remember doing a story midway through the season he hadn't caught a ball in four games and going what asking Mike Grant, what is going on? Where is Joshua Cobbs? And he said, well, we wanted to focus on trading Welch last week. And I'm like, why not both? Well, that's the thing. When a coach tells you they want to focus on one guy. Yeah. Well, which which in Trayton had a great game against New Mexico. But, but that doesn't make sense. Right. No. And if if you're focusing on Trayton, they're going to realize you're focusing on Trayton. Shouldn't, shouldn't somebody else be open? Unless you had a Yarbrough or a Harris or uh, Nayor. Yeah. That's when you focus on one guy. Right. And they were worried. I've heard this out of their own mouths. They were worried about focusing on Nayor too much. That's insane. They should have doubled what they did with Nayor. You got a guy like that? Throw it yep. up. Look what the Vikings did with Randy Moss. That's exactly what they should have done with Isaiah Nayor. Just put it up. Go get it, kid. <laughs> and he's going to next year. Let's just hope he doesn't do it uh, against, against the Cowboys Wyoming. in week three. <laughs> so, um, so wide receiver wise, I mean, it was good to see Caleb Merritt get in the Arizona Bowl. It was good to see Jaden or Jalen Sargent finally get in, and they actually made a couple plays. Mm-hmm. They have their confidence has to be on cloud nine, even just making a couple of plays like they did. So, really loved seeing that. Um, was really impressed with Ryan Marquez. I thought he, I thought he um, stepped up, uh, but. And, and obviously, Will Pellisier had his moments as well before he got hurt against BYU. But I mean. Who's the dynamic guy in that group that will take over a football game? Well, enter <laughs> the new transfer from Vanderbilt. Yeah, I mean, Devin Bodie uh, from, from Vandy, He's he's got three years of eligibility left. He's stupid fast. I mean, he was recruited by all the big dogs. He's obviously smart, went to Vandy. Um, I guess the thing that I, if I'm being honest with you, the thing I looked at when I first started writing about him, he's 5'11 slot guy. Who's the big guy? Yeah. We still haven't seen Alex Brown take that next step. And I thought after catching that ball against CSU, like, here's where he ascends. But with a guy like Bodie in the slot, does that create more opportunity? And plus, tight ends Should. back. I mean, the tight end depth chart yeah. is awesome. <laughs> it is. And that's without Jackson Marcotte yeah. and Parker Christensen, yep. who announced they are retiring from football. Yep. So I, I really think that you know, Bodie can be that guy that opens some things up on the outside. Wishful thinking, of course, for whoever's out there besides Brown. Yeah. Well, and so. I do know from sources inside the program in the know, they are looking at another wide receiver there. They are trying to seal the deal on another wide receiver here. Traditional signing day is February 1st. They would need to get them obviously here and on campus and in class. So um, they are definitely in the market for a wide receiver. And for a while there, we saw that, uh, I believe his name is Jalen Richmond from Boise State. He, Wyoming had offered him. He ended up going to northern Arizona. But from what I understand, that didn't, uh, 
that wasn't going to fly anyway. They Whatever happened, I don't know, but yeah. they were not going to continue to pursue him. So uh, they are looking for somebody. I talked to Mike Grant at the basketball game the other night. They are they're having guys in and stuff like that. So Wyoming is not done moving in the transfer portal. The transfer portal window has closed, so Wyoming players cannot enter the transfer portal anymore as of January 18th. Um, they if they do they can't play next year because mm-hmm. people need to they needed to put a cap on this thing because they needed to know like you need to solidify your roster we can't have this just going like the wild west more more so than it already is so uh good to know i mean there shouldn't be any more cowboys entering the portal if they do they're really doing a disservice to themselves there's um, already hundreds of players out there that will not land anywhere yeah and so basically now the dust is kind of settled so now wyoming can really look and say who's left Yep. And and try and take the best that's left. So um I hope they don't offer anybody any thirteen million dollar deals and then renege on them like uh Florida did. <laughs> Is that crazy or what? Well and then CU just got the number one recruit to flip from Miami to uh CU and then I did read a few things about how they don't think a bunch of Miami fans don't even care because they said this kid's not gonna graduate. He's there's a lot of other things, issues with him. So I, who knows if that's true or not? No, I'm sure they are saying that now. But, uh, but I mean, CU's back in their heyday, they had guys that were very, very questionable okay. off the field. Yes, they had a recruiter that was in South Central LA that was just he was a retired detention officer. <laughs> he was he recruited South Central LA. Yeah. Kind of brilliant. Yeah, Bill McCartney. That's what he hired him for. Yeah. Well, they well, and they were also taking guys to strip clubs and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> They've what? always been by the book. <laughs> but anyway, all right, let's uh, let's move on. Are you sure you want to move on? <laughs> you know what's coming next. All right. Cowboy basketball. This will be quick and sweet, in my yeah. opinion. Womp, womp, womp. We all know what's going on there, and. I mean, at some point, almost every program goes through stretches of injuries and just not playing well. The Cowboys have had every bite out there. I mean, from EK starting the season on the bench and who knows when he was going to play to now we're in mid-January, it's not looking like he's probably going to set foot on the court. No No. pun intended. Yeah. Um, And then all the other injuries. You have your concussions. You have cramps. Cramps. <laughs> I mean, you have mononucleosis go through one player. And then two bus trips from hell. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even know about the bus trip from Phoenix, but that <laughs> made sense because it was like, oh, that's when Southwest Airlines was having all their issues. Yep. So they rode a bus back 18 hours from Phoenix. Yep. And then the other night on the way home from Air Force, <laughs> they'd go through Owl Canyon, which kind of want to question that but it is paved now so it makes but the bus driver was trying to get around a few trucks that have already gone the ditch and then all of a sudden just slid off it how icy it was there too yep so they didn't get home till 6 20 a.m we got home at 4 30 a.m so i uh and i went about 30 miles an hour the whole way it took me five hours to get home from colorado springs you had a few things to do after the game too though yes yes yeah and you stopped at whataburger Whataburger. you son of a (laughs) had to stop at whataburger i don't think ryan thorburn was too thrilled about that idea but 
Well, he's he a healthy with, eater. Yeah, he went with it. <laughs> Ryan. But uh, it was nice of you guys to ride together. You guys are We all did, yeah. Alex. Hey, competitors, but hey. Yeah. Yep. Well, everybody helps out and <laughs> save some money in the budgets and yeah, talk and I, talk uh, cowboy hoops. Yeah, and I'm glad we I'm glad we did because I mean having all three of us on the highway like that would have been scary as yeah. hell. And and the best part was it was midnight, one in the morning, so there wasn't a lot of traffic. Thank God, because I mean there were points where I couldn't even get moving, and I'm like, man, I'm going to be stuck in the middle of I-25 mm-hmm. when rush hour starts in the morning. I mean that's how brutal it was. Yep. So now when you guys all share a room in Vegas for the <laughs> tournament, who gets the bed and who gets the couch? Well, Alex would have to get the couch. New? Yeah. Rookie? Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Young. All right. Yeah, 28. Yeah. His 28-year-old back can handle sleeping so on the couch. So do you and Ryan share the king, or do you have doubles? <laughs> I'm hoping we have doubles. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then Justin Michael, I don't know where he's going to sleep. Probably the bathtub. Yeah, but he's a CSU guy, so he de- well, he's in the closet or the bathtub for sure. <laughs> Yeah, so that's uh, Wyoming Cowboy basketball in a nutshell, isn't it? I mean, I mean, it is Border War weekend. Throw out the records. I mean, Wyoming has shown though that they're still fighting. They're still scrapping. Yeah. Um, Noah Reynolds is playing at an elite level. Yes, he is. We probably didn't think that he. We didn't know what to expect from Noah Reynolds because he didn't even set foot on the court during the NCAA tournament last year. Right. And. He is a he's a he's a difference maker. Yeah, and his English off the glass beautiful is something else. Yeah, from almost every angle. This was my first game sitting courtside, so to see it from a courtside level, it was really impressive. And the thing I say about Noah Reynolds, and and I want I want your take on this, Jared. I feel like you've been around teams for a long, long time, and there's teams that are really good and they're full of good players, but they don't have a killer. I think Noah Reynolds is a killer, but really the killer is Graham E.K. And I mean the scary guys don't want to go anywhere near you. He's going to yell at you, and he's going to swat you. He's going to score over you. He's got that mean mentality, not to mention being 6'9", 255. But he's a killer. And these other guys are just nice complimentary pieces that are just – We, for instance, we I walk into the – um, press conference after the Boise State game, and Ducell cracks a joke, and Jo's smiling, and I'm like, "Guys, what are you, what are you doing?" And I'm like, "You know, the sky's falling out there, right?" <laughs> and they said, "No, it isn't. We woke up this morning, and if yeah. we keep this positive attitude, I don't picture." And I'm not trying to dump on those two. I mean, people are who they are, but I imagine Graham coming in there uh, not having a smile and being like, "We need to be better, and we shouldn't be losing to this team." Yep. The What's happened this year is just, I mean, because you would think like tomorrow's game probably be a sellout. Yeah. If Wyoming had its full roster. San Diego State, New Mexico. San Diego State, New Mexico. Boise, probably not because of the late night on a Saturday, but here or there. The amount of the highs entering the season, because, I mean, some people even had this team as a possible, you know, Final Four team, which, dark horse, which, awesome to think about of course and the first and second rounds being in denver just that slight possibility if they go to the ncaa tournament they're going to get denver (laughs) could you imagine ball arena no (laughs) (laughs) Um, but so all that aside they're still fighting could have should have beat san diego state could have should have beat new mexico Fresno State. Yeah, and then who knows what the other games would have been like. But 
they just have to get off the you know they have to win the game yeah they have to win finish a game yes they're playing pretty dang good in the first half yeah of most games they were fantastic against Air Force in the first half San Diego State yeah played really well yeah and against those athletes of San Diego State and those they took the physicalness of San Diego State out of that game for the most part Aztecs that didn't look like a San Diego State defense did it no Cowboys but, shot fifty five percent but. Th- it was it was kind of like a rugby scrum a lot of the time in the paint, mm-hmm. but the refs let it go. Yeah. So it was going both ways. So it was like, all right, let's let's do this yeah. type of a deal. Um, so I, I do think tomorrow, as we're recording this on a Friday uh, before the border war, I do think it's going to be a, another great effort by the Cowboys. Yeah, we just have to see can the Cowboys finish the game. Yeah. Well, Jared, I think a lot of people, you know, obviously everybody throws their opinions out on the internet, of course, but I'm seeing people dumping on these guys. And do you realize that this has been like COVID in a lot of ways? They don't have enough guys to scout. I was so impressed with the game at Air Force. They didn't get backdoored at all. Yep. And three guys on that court have played in the Pac-12 the last couple of years. And you know what helped a lot, though, is those long arms. Yeah. Got in those passing lanes. Yeah. Barnhart. Yep. You know, they did a bang up job on that, especially uh, the other thing is so, first of all, they have what six, seven guys practicing. They're practicing against trainers and stuff, just like a la COVID. And then Air Force runs the entire shot clock, runs you to death. They're always moving. And then they're backdooring you. And the Cowboys didn't allow that to happen. But Ethan Anderson, to his credit, was brutally honest after that game. He said, I'm exhausted. Yep. I'm I'm exhausted. And I'm guessing they probably took Wednesday off because. I would Part, hope they got back so yeah. early in the morning, but I would hope that they just gave them a day off. Yeah. And if you want to come in and shoot, come in and shoot. Yeah. But we're not going to run today. So they're dealing with that. And then to make matters even worse, uh, I didn't report on this cause I just felt awkward about it. But, um, after the game, I, I mentioned to Jeff Leonard, you know, Hey, the sky's falling out there, but your guys still have this main, you know, are maintaining this positive attitude. And he stopped me dead in my tracks and said, the sky isn't falling. Uh, Sundance Wicks just dealt with the death in his family. Um, I believe Vandeveer's been going through all kinds of personal stuff. Away. His mother passed away. Um, they had another assistant who was out because of something. Um, it's been a complete nightmare from start to bottom for every single player on this roster. Xavier Dussel is the only player who's appeared in every single game this year. They've had 13 different starting lineups in 18 games. Yeah, there was another guy from the university I was sitting with. Not too long ago, and he goes, I told Coach Linder I'm never going fly fishing with him again. Because <laughs> he's so unlucky. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. I mean, and if you think about it, Jared, all the good things that went right last year, those wins they had to have at Grand Canyon and Washington, and that, that win they had to have over UNLV in the Mountain West Tournament, and they needed every inch of that tough schedule every inch of those few wins they got at the end there during that really tough stretch to overcome Texas A&M and get in that first four. So you can you can say, man, they were lucky last year yep. in a lot of ways, and man, are they getting paid back this year in space. Flip the strip. <laughs> yeah. It's been tough, and i got to admit, it's been really tough writing about this team because it's hard. You ask the same questions all the time. You you know, as a, as a reporter, you don't root for anybody, but you really almost root for this team to win because you're so tired of this narrative and you're so because tired. you're getting of, the same answers. It's the same answers yeah. and it's the same questions. Yep. And, and it's, you know, uh, 
to Jeff Linder's credit, he he's pretty blunt about stuff. And he's like, you take Nikola Jokic or whatever the hell his name is off the Nuggets, they're not winning. Yep. Boise State comes in here without four or five of their best players, they're not going to win. And I guess it's bothersome because fans are like, excuses, excuses. These are pretty damn legit excuses. <laughs> I mean, what do you do? And everything they geared up for in the offseason getting ready for the season went through Grammy K. Offensively, defensively, the whole nine. Have you ever seen a Linder defense play this bad in your entire life? I mean, they're bad. Well, they're tired. A lot of it is because they're tired. Yeah. And they just, they need to have some good fortunes go their way. They do. And um, hopefully it starts with CSU on Saturday. Have you seen a team, too, like Wyoming, shoot better than 50% so much and lose? <laughs> it's amazing. They were shooting 79% to open that game at Air Force. And Air Force was 3 of 17 and had missed 11 straight threes. Speaking of shooting well, did you see a women's team, I think it was Iona, yesterday, Mm -mm. made 15 consecutive threes. Wow. And shot like 17 of 19 for the game. Wow. Shattered two records. Did they lose? (laughs) I didn't even get to that point. I just saw where that, and I was like, wow. Yeah, that's I incredible. hope they didn't lose. <laughs> yeah, well, for their... doesn't it almost feel like Wyoming needs to have a night like that to get over this hump? Yep, it almost it does. does. We walked into that game at Air Force, and Ryan Thorburn said Xavier Dussel needs to have eight threes tonight. You look back at last year's team. Yes, Graham played really well. Drake Jeffries was probably the MVP of that squad, though. And Jeff has mentioned that numerous times this year. How important he was. Yeah. To not only the offense shooting threes, his defense and his rebounding. rebounding. Yep. His athleticism. I would I'd be willing to bet you've been just like me, Jared, this offseason thinking, boy, Drake Jeffries must be kicking himself. What the hell was he thinking? And now he's probably thinking, thank God. But he's he's getting a lot of PT in the G League. <laughs> he is. I mean, a- you see some of those oops and dunking over people. It's like, he, I, yeah. he knew he had a 40-some-plus vertical up, man. Yeah. No, he's a stud, but I was just thinking, man, how can you leave this? Yep. You know what's coming. How can you leave this? But he's got to be thinking, thank God I did. Thank God, or he might be hurt. Who knows? I mean, it's been brutal. So let's end this on a uh, on a fun note here. You were talking about some music before we came on. Yeah, well, real quick, let's look at the NFL, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, six Wyoming, former Wyoming players – playing in the NFL playoffs. There's, there's eight teams left. Remember when we used games. to struggle to find a Wyoming Cowboy on TV? And it was like, well, let's find a box box score and see how many tackles so-and-so made in special teams because you yeah. knew he wasn't on the field during yeah. offense, defense. But you got Muma and Wingard and the Jacksonville Jaguars going into Kansas City. You have Marcus Epps and the Philadelphia Eagles going against the hosting the New York Giants mm-hmm. on Saturday. And then you have Josh Allen and the Bills playing against Logan Wilson and the Cincinnati Bengals. By the way, great job by the Bengal boys mm-hmm. on the <laughs> Logan song. Yeah. Outstanding. That's pretty good. And then, of course, I did a search and see if there was a rap, you know, any song out there about Josh Allen. And there is a there rap is. song about yep. him out there. There is. So look yep. it up if you're out there. Uh, and then to Sean Gibson with the San Francisco 49ers against Dallas Cowboys. I mean, it's fun to see these guys. And. They're all starting except for Wingard. Yeah. And what a rebirth for, for Tashawn Gibson, man. Yeah. He wasn't even 
He thought his career was over, man. Yep. And season 11 has been one of his best. He was on the practice squad. Dude, yeah, and got cut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's – I'm really proud of Deshaun Gibson, man. It's so good to see him because he's, he's the old school guy, you know, the old cat that's still left along with Mike Purcell. He was wearing New Balance when he played at Wyoming. Yes, he was. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't even wearing the right brown and gold when he played at Wyoming. And honestly, uh, I think a lot of people would have said maybe his brother was better at Wyoming. Definitely more athletic. Yeah. Absolutely. Marcel yeah. was very, very good. But it, uh, obviously, Tashawn showed that he's a versatile guy playing safety and corner at Wyoming yep. and a tall, lanky corner. And man, it's fun to see him play. He's a big dude. He's too. big. Yeah. He doesn't look like he's skipped a beat. No. Honestly. So good for him. Uh, the bad note with the NFL, of course, uh, Tanner Gentry did get cut by the Buffalo Bills. So he is no longer on their practice squad, which, which sucks. Um, they just never could stick. No. But if you know if they do go to the Super Bowl and if they win the Super Bowl, he does get the ring. He's yeah. been with them for yeah. the majority of the season, so that's a good thing. Yeah. But at the same time, he's still going to be rooting those guys on, and yeah. especially Josh and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm, I'm I can't deny it. I'm excited to see Logan Wilson and Josh Allen meet up. I think that's going to be really cool. I mean, are there two other ambassadors for this program that have ever been more impactful than those two guys? Um, Definitely not at the same time. No, no, hell no. And uh, and with social media, it just it just escalates it that much more. Yeah, I mean, so. think about how many times you're going to hear Wyoming during that telecast on Sunday. Yep. I mean, you're going to hear it a lot. And we would have a couple weeks ago on the Monday night game. Yeah. But of course, we all know what happened there, and then never even got to that point. But you you did see them consoling each other. Yeah. During everything that was you going did. on. Yep. But yeah, let's go to the music. Yeah, yeah, I know you're a huge music guy. I you've turned me on to some of this red dirt stuff, and I, I hate new country. I hate it. Oh, with I a, can't stand with it either. Passion. And we play it on some of our stations, and I can't stand oh, it. Oh, it it yeah, girl jeans and guys who've never even been on a horse. Like I'm not listening to my country music if you've never even seen a horse, dude. Yeah, Who's I, the one clown? He's from Australia. Oh, the uh, married to Nicole Kidman or whatever. I can't remember his name right now. Urban Keith Urban. I will give him, he is a great musician. Yeah. He can play guitar and play the piano. I just wish he didn't look the way he does. And I mean, I just can't stand that stuff. Looks like a Barbie doll. The anti-George Strait. Yeah. But there's a guy that's became a sensation a couple years ago. He's a, he was honorably discharged from the, the Navy. His name is Zach Bryan. For all you listeners out there, if you have not tuned into him yet, please do. Which I haven't. So I'm looking forward to it. He's from Oklahoma. The only the only knock I really have against him, he's a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Yeah, <laughs> almost a lot of his tweets are "Go Birds." Yeah, I'm like oh geez. <laughs> uh, but he, he has something tied to the game this weekend. If the Eagles go on and if they beat the Giants, he's gonna release a song that people have been asking for. That he plays it every once in a while, but he hasn't released it yet. Mm. He says he's gonna release it if the Eagles win. That's the new way of music now, isn't it? Well, They're releasing stuff on YouTube and stuff. This guy Spotify. released a double album in the summer. Well, actually, he released a normal album, you know, 12 to 15 songs in the spring. A double album in the summer it had like 38 songs. Wow. And then he just released a song, a, a live album that he did, recorded at Red Rocks in November in a snowstorm. Released it on Christmas Eve. And the title of it is All My Homies Hate Ticketmaster. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I bet he got a lot more homies for that title. And he has a song that he opens almost every concert with called Open the Gate. And it talks about Cheyenne in there. Awesome. And CFD needs to get this guy to play 
not this year or next year. Because you got, after that, you're not going to be able to sign them anymore, I don't think. You got any insight on any of that? I, I know they do have some acts signed. They're going to release them in March. March, okay. Yep. Yeah, so I don't know if you, if you ever go outside of Red Dirt or not, or if you go outside of country music or not oh, yourself, yeah. do you? Yep. Okay, so one of my favorite bands is Pantera. And obviously, two of the founding members, the two founding Down members of Brothers. Darryl. Yep. And they're both passed away, of, of course, him and Vinnie Paul. But Phil Anselmo, who's my favorite favorite lead of all time, him and uh, Rex Brown, the original bassist of Pantera, are now back on tour. That was totally against uh, <laughs> uh, totally against some wishes from Vinnie Paul when he was alive. He uh, he thought once his brother was tragically murdered on stage. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Dimebag Darrell was murdered on stage in Columbus, Ohio by a mentally ill, complete lunatic. Uh, but he, once Dime died, the band was already broke up at that point, so he thought Pantera was over before, uh, over forever, and he kind of maintained that until his death. And uh, Phil and Rex have taken that back on the road, and they've been playing again. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to see them before they broke up in 2001. I was fortunate to see them six times before they broke up, and I thought, well, I'm, I'm just fortunate I got to see them. But mm-hmm. now they're back. They're going to be in Denver. I just saw today on August 23rd. So super pumped for that because, like, you're talking about people putting out albums and stuff like that. Uh, I'm a huge metalhead, and the metal scene is so bad right now. Uh, the new stuff that comes out is such crap that I just don't I, – I, I don't care. I like underground, like, hard, hard, hardcore stuff. Yep. And But none of the new stuff. There's nothing mainstream right now metal-wise. Are Holly's eardrums okay at this <laughs> she, young age? She loves it. <laughs> you know how many times Slayer has helped me babysit? <laughs> She's even headbanging now. I don't, know, um, I, I don't know who that's impressing beside me. but And correct me if I'm wrong, didn't Metallica just come out with a new? I think. They actually were on tour with Pantera, these big, uh, these big festivals and stuff. and stuff. Yeah, but I'm... I'm kind of over Metallica. Yeah. I, I, have you ever seen their documentary, Some Kind of Monster? I haven't. Uh, you should see it. You should check it out. It'll make you hate Metallica more than anything in the world. <laughs> they have a, uh, they have like a psychiatrist with them at practice because they can't even like coexist in the same room, and it's just the most petty, disgusting. Lars is like drinking wine and selling art and stuff like that. I mean, well, I know this is metal. Three guys, guys that aren't going to like you. Anymore now, <laughs> Kevin, Sean, and JP. Metallica's just not; they're not the same. Yeah. If you're selling art and drinking wine, um, you're not heavy metal. They do metal. have whiskey, though. Do they have their own whiskey? Yeah. Oh. I think it's just called Black Money Grab. Actually. They're all about the money grab. Now, I listen to stuff that um, would not be played on radio waves, <laughs> <laughs> and so does Holly. <laughs> My one-year-old daughter is Sweet. loving it. Well, so, we're going to try to make this more of a weekly yes, deal here in that. the off season for sure, where yeah. schedules aren't as tight as they they were. And yeah, and once we get this uh, construction zone we're in all figured out too, we can start figuring out. I mean, phones and getting some guests yeah, on. Because we do have some guests that we want to get on here. We've, yeah. we've we've thrown around a lot of names, and some people have already committed to it. We just need to get a better situation here within the studio. Yeah, and I need to learn this stuff better, to be honest. I just don't... I mean, this stuff makes me panic every time I walk <laughs> in and sit behind this board full of God knows what's going on. I hope this is even recording. 
<laughs> I see lights on. Yeah, yeah. That's one. That's all I know, man. So, yeah, we'll do some fun stuff this summer, though. Get some guys on. Um, you know, I, we're, right now we're kind of in the planning stages of what we're doing because it's hard to get through a summer. I mean, when yeah. when you cover the Wyoming Cowboys, it's really hard to get through the summer. There's just not a lot going on. Well, so. since you went to Whataburger the other night, I had to send you that picture of that tri-tip I oh, put on the Traeger. Yeah, that looked good, man. Oh, it tasted really good. I... Uh, I put in a prime rib a couple weeks ago, and like it, it was the scariest recipe I've ever done because you're so worried about screwing up like an eighty-five pound or an eighty-five dollar piece of meat. Well, anymore they say that to put it at four fifty and let it go. Well, that's what it was. It was it was five hundred, yeah. and then you it's five minutes per pound. Yep. So you only have it on for a little bit, and then you're like, oh my god, this this can't be right. It was right. <laughs> it was right. Yeah. It was so good. So now I'm hungry. So awesome, man. Well, thanks for joining me. Thanks for coming in, Jared. Um, we will definitely get this down to where, you know, Ryan Thorburn's kicking our ass. He's He's got it down to a date. And I gave those guys, I mean, if you haven't heard it, they, they've been really good. The Legends of Laredice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three fans and plus Ryan. And I, I know all the fans pretty well. And I gave them a little grief. I said, are you? Are you guys sure you don't want to just rename this the Legends of Al- the Alibi? No, I don't no. think any of those guys ever went to another bar besides that. When the Alibi was the Alibi back in the day. Well, we might have a trick up our sleeve because uh, I would bring Mike Phillip in here in a heartbeat, and he is absolutely brutal, uh, brutally honest with everybody on social media. <laughs> I absolutely love that guy, so I would love to bring him on. Well, he worked for me when I was at Learfield. Oh, did he? So, yeah, I don't know if I want him in the door. Oh, okay. okay. No, I'm kidding, Mike. <laughs> no, I love Mike, man. He uh, he does not pull any punches. So He's been blocked by a certain journalist how many times? Oh, f- I'd love to know how many burners Mike has. <laughs> <laughs> he just hammers those guys in Denver 24-7 and that certain journalist you're talking about who used to be a journalist who's not anymore. Said he was retired and <laughs> yeah. isn't retired because he's still posting things. Yes. And it's usually wrong. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Yep, okay. That one. Yeah, we better cancel. We better get off now. <laughs> or we'll be canceled. Yeah. Thanks, Jared. Appreciate you. Thank you, everybody out there, for listening. We will be back next Friday.